0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey everyone, on this episode of Six Degrees with Mike McKenna, I'm joined by IndyCar driver Graham Rahal. We talk about all kinds of things, mutual interests what's made him fall in love with the sport of hockey, his hometown Columbus Blue Jackets, how they're looking this year, what he sees in them going forward, what it's been like to befriend a lot of those guys, along with the Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. So uh, a lot of parallels in common for us. Graham's an awesome guy, multiple race winner, and truly successful and just fun to talk to. Enjoy. 2020 All-Star Game, St. Louis, Missouri. Sitting across the table from IndyCar driver Graham Rahal, multiple race winner. Thanks for joining me today for a little while. Are you enjoying your time in St. Louis so far?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's always, this is a cool city. I, I you know, it's it's kind of weird because we never, I never used to come here much, obviously. Uh, always hear about what a great sports town it is. And now that the IndyCar series has come back and raced here uh, for a couple of years running now, um, it's been really cool to to come and spend a bunch of time, and then it just turned out that I got to join in on this event. I got to go to the Winter Classic here and do do a bunch of cool stuff. So, you know, this city has a lot to offer. It's a really cool place to be. Great sports town, and um, obviously coming off the Cup last year, yeah, like pretty sure. everybody's on a high here right now. So it's definitely good.
0: Yeah, and you've got to be on the ground floor of it a little bit, right? Like, I, I know that you've made your friendships in hockey years back, but it, really recently, getting to know guys like. Petrangelo Pareko, yeah. what was it like for you to be able to celebrate kind of the Stanley Cup with them after they won it?
1: Well, it was really cool. So Colton's like a brother to me now. I mean, we talk a lot, a lot, and uh, you know, had him on. We went on a, a little short vacation together last summer and stuff. After the the cup stuff was over, he actually invited me to go up on his day with the cup in Edmonton, and I didn't get the chance to go, which which was a real bummer. Like I, I would have liked to, but just slamming it in between all the races was impossible. Um, but he's such a great, great kid. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's been awesome to see him. Like, I guess the first time I met him and Petro and David Backus was when they came to the Indy 500. And this is a long time ago now. I I don't know. Maybe it had to be, I think it was Colton's rookie year or he was going into his rookie year. So five years, six years ago, something like that. And to see the way that, you know, everything has changed here you know and it, for for the blues in particular it's pretty cool
0: isn't it amazing the first time you get somebody especially within sports out to like the 500 yeah. or to any other big race on the circuit just to see them really soak in what it's like to be at an indycar race at that level for sure uh the
1: colton story is cool because he actually his was completely organic way before that he came when we first started to race champ cars when there was still a split no wheel racing he came to the edmonton race uh, and came with his with his family or whatever. Now this is 15 years ago. Now, so he was literally a kid, and at he's, that he's time. a gear, yeah. Right. So that's yeah. And so then uh, you know he comes to Indy and and gets hooked, and then you know then he started to just show up at other races like Toronto and places like that. And he would, I was actually just telling the story saying, you know, he never asked for tickets. He was too shy to ask for tickets or you know to, to to ask for any special treatment. But at the same time, he'd show up, and we'd see him in the pit area. And it was always like, man, what are you doing here? You know, if you need right. something, call, we'll take care of you. And so, you know, that's evolved a little now, but it's, uh, it's been really, you know, his, his love of IndyCar racing kind of did start organically, um, which is, which is very cool. But, you know, I think we all have a lot in common, uh, you know, between a lot of stick and ball sports and, and racing, I think uh, the team aspect and everything else, but it seems like hockey guys are always the most down to earth. There's this humble kind of team mentality that goes with being a hockey player that's really cool and I actually think it's it's pretty similar to the to racing I think those two the personality types between those two sports is very similar and so it, it has been great to uh to get to know him really well and spend a lot of time with those guys and
0: when you're talking with with him and and other people in the sport you're finding similarities and you kind of alluded to one how racing People who aren't really into the sport don't realize how much of a team sport it is. It's not just you performing behind the wheel. Yeah, you know, you you're not going to go out there and be the best driver on earth unless you've got a crew behind you, right? Yeah,
1: it's all team. I mean, it's all team for us. You know, without having that background, you're not going to succeed. I mean, it's it's just a fact. You know, you look at all the great drivers over time; they always had the great backbone of a team behind them. You know, Dixon. You look at, obviously, like, Newgarden in his current state. I mean, you look at the elevation dad, of Newgarden, you know? he was always, yeah. <laughs> Newgarden was always always good, but he was never going to be a champion in his prior teams. He goes to Penske, and bam, you know, look at where he's at. And, uh, yeah, my dad over the years, uh, a lot of the guys, you know, early in my career driving for Newman-Haas, I got to see it and be exposed to that. Newman-Haas had won so many championships. You know, it's really pretty spectacular. So, it's it in a big, big way, it's team. In a big way, it's about the cohesiveness of all the people, um, which I think uh, is what you saw, like even in hockey with the blues last year, right? I mean, just, it just clicked. It It clicked in the beginning of January and then bam, you know, off they go. And uh, racing is much like that.
0: I'm thinking about how you've come in contact with some really amazing people in your life and your career. And I'm thinking of Paul Newman, David Letterman. And on a personal level, Paul Newman to my family, at least recent SCCA in the 70s and 80s, he'd show up at the track oh, yeah. and just be one of the guys. Oh, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and he just – everybody kind of left him alone to do his own thing. You he, know? Like, he
1: was the best. There, there's not many people – and there's not many people – yet. I don't think I've ever met a person that's like Paul Newman, you know, again. And I don't know that I ever will. You know, his – the philanthropic side of that man, how humble he was for being – The man of his time. I mean, the Brad Pitt of his era, right? I mean, he was the guy, and yet you would never know it. And he loved those moments, going to the SCCA races, like you did with your family, with my dad. That's how you know my original connection to him came. Those were his favorite moments, you know. And in fact, on when he was passed, when he was slowly, we were losing him, and he was dying from from cancer. You know, one of his last wishes was to go to Lime Rock Park and drive his SCCA Trans Am car without anybody there. He just wanted to go turn some laps before it was too late. And it just shows, you know, his you know, his passion his love for what those moments that you shared with your family, the moments that I shared, the family atmosphere that racing is all about. He was a he was a special guy.
0: It's really amazing to think about him too because he he came to it kind of late in life after Very. you know, he did winning when he was whatever, 30, 35, 40, I'm not sure. And then he turns into a race-winning Trans-Am driver, which is not Daytona, a, right? It's not an easy yeah. circuit and the Adam Carolla movie about him yeah. was so well done that it showed that he wasn't just out there putzing around. I mean, he was the real deal behind the He was the wheel. competitive
1: in a big way. And, you know, I'm sure he carried over to your and, team, too. Yeah, oh yeah. In my early years of going and driving that team, nobody ever knew, but like he would show up at all of our tests, and he always had a suit and helmet. And he never told <laughs> anybody, but he was just hoping that, hey, maybe someday they'll see. They'll ask if I want to drive it. And eventually, I think he did. He did finally um, get in an Indy car. He did before I was there, but he used to show up every time we'd test down at Sebring, Florida. He'd fly from Connecticut down to Sebring, just hang out for the day. Just wanted to be there, be one of the guys. But he always had his suit and his helmet just Amazing. in case.
0: It was the opportunity to jump. In. I mean, I'd heard stories about him renting sprint cars at Ascot and sticking guys in those. I mean, it's... oh yeah,
1: no, and that was real too. He did that all the way. Up. He never did that with me. But he did that with Servia and a bunch of those yeah. guys that were came right before my time in Newman Haas. He would take them all out and throw them in a sprint car. Have you
0: had the urge to get on dirt before? I mean, you know, I, I have I Love it. watching midgets and sprints. I do too. Yeah, but I haven't. Part of it
1: is because it's not my background. The other part of it is because I, you know, frankly, a like guy your height or my height, it's gonna. That's a tight, tight, tight. It's a, Every sprint car driver I know that is like five foot five. Yeah, they're little jockeys. Little guys, they're you know.
0: LEO size guys. So right? to yeah. be
1: a six foot three guy, I really don't know if it's logical even to think that I may fit.
0: I don't yeah. think I would. So it's never had uh, that much intrigue for me. How does it work for you with the IndyCar? I know that sizing wise, it's really one size fits all in terms of the tub itself. But with your height, are you pretty much sitting on the floor of the car?
1: Yeah, I'm sitting on the floor. They've adjusted it in recent times. You know, they've made it a little better. Um, there's more padding. There's more foam underneath. Us the the driver's safety side of it has gotten a lot better. Um, so it is a little better. But in my early years, yeah, I sat just on the bare bare carbon, and you know, a lot of the you know back pain that I have today and stuff all would have stemmed from that. You look at a guy like my dad. Just had his hip replaced. Uh, he's got you know pretty serious back problems and stuff. Um, you know, that's a tough thing because all of those injuries and all of that would have come, you know, from driving those cars back in the days and being a tall guy sitting on the ground and having, having nothing at all to keep you safe. It has gotten better, um, just as the technology with padding and everything else and, and hockey. I mean, everything's evolving oh, Technology to get
0: changes all of it. And, yeah. and speaking of that, of course, this season coming in, one of the big things is the aero screen, which... Yep i'm sure you've fielded a thousand questions about but i mean i can tell you right now i'm thrilled to see it in place yeah anything that makes you guys safer i'm all for um but how's it been have you had a chance to test behind it yet one and, and two how do you see it in any way affecting the racing whether it changes setups viewpoints things like that
1: i don't think it will change much in the form of racing you know from a driving perspective yeah it's a different visual it's a very different visual. Um, i don't think it's gonna i think if anything it 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 complements what we're doing pretty well though you know we have to try to somehow protect the old noggin you know i think everybody's seeing that concussion stuff's getting more and more serious the difference for us is taking taking a piece of debris to the head at 220 is deadly immediately you know it's not there's no recovery it's over and so you know to be able to have that security now is definitely a pretty nice thing
0: let's flip back to hockey a little bit here you've We touched on the Blues guys that you've been friends with. I know there's other people, too. I mean, being a hometown guy from Columbus, Ohio, the Blue Jackets are near and dear to your heart. And you've joked before about how they've broken your heart, but they look pretty good this year. And they've had a whole cast of characters doing. What's your feeling on them? It's an interesting thing. Um, You know, first of all,
1: I've always felt this. They've got two. I know Seth is here, obviously, as an all-star. But, I mean, Wierenski is a stud. And he has played out of his mind. You know, it's interesting. His first year, he was very offensive-minded. Then he got hit with the puck in the face against Detroit, I think. And it just seemed to change. So the next couple years were not as aggressive offensively. And then all of a sudden here, you know, he's gotten back into this rhythm. And then the guy's a a sharpshooter. And then, you know, same thing with Seth. So when you get got defense, you know, playing that well offensively, it helps a lot. But, yeah, you've got guys there that – if it, like I like we joked about it you've never heard of them. I mean a lot of them too yeah uh a lot and they're all playing so well that now it's like I don't know you know what do you do with your star guys that are injured that are coming back I mean do they fit in you know Josh Anderson for instance like I'm a big Josh Anderson fan but like where does he fit in like is he really going to improve what's already happening at that team I'm not sure but it was interesting at in the end of last year, uh, Brandon Dubinsky, who's a great friend. I remember when, you know, when we had everybody leave, everybody, right? Um, I texted him and I'm like, man, now what do we do? You know, like, just trying to get the inside scoop. Now we're, where does the team go from here? And all he said back to me, he goes, we're fine. I'm not even worried. And I said, why? He goes, because we have a lot of really good youth. That just needs a shot. You're
0: and he right was now. right.
1: Yeah. A lot of good young guys who just need a chance to go play. And uh, like even Merzlikens and stuff like that. I mean, Corpus All I always thought was very solid. But like Merzlikens has been out of his mind. It's so
0: wild because at the start of the year he didn't win until New Year's. Yeah, Now he can't lose. Yeah, I know. And, and I'll give Yarmo, Yarmo Kekalainen a lot of credit on this. It takes a lot of balls to run with two young goalies like oh, yeah. that. Especially a guy like Merzlikens who had never played in North America. Nobody's done that since like Martin Gerber in 2002 right out of the Swiss League. So to be able to do that and then to put the trust into them to keep them around and let them learn. Well, like, you know, they let Kincaid go last year and I thought, okay,
1: it's a little bit bold because that veteran presence would be a good thing to have. Um, but again, you know, when you talk to the guys within the organization and and I don't know anybody at Yarmo's level, but just other friends and media members that are there, they're like, man, this guy's good. You know, we're really confident in this, in this kid, Elvis. And I'm like, I've never even heard of him, you know? (laughs) And they're like, no, I think he'll, he'll turn out well. And I think you've seen that, you know, yeah, he started out a little scratchy, but you know, now that he's been into the rhythm of, of, you know, uh, playing consistently and getting those reps. He's, he's played out of his mind. I mean, he's, he's won a few him. of those games. Oh, he's solely out, won on his own. showed out Vegas. Yeah. And, you know, when we were – yeah.
0: our team is. I'm thinking, man, this is kind of like his – this is truly is coming out part of But then, here, you, you know, know? you've got
1: kids – I guess not a kid, but like even Gerby who's like gone out there and
0: well, that's a just good. plays his tail off, period. And that's a great point because he's a signing of somebody who's been there and been around the league, but, you know, he went to Europe. He takes a deal and comes back, plays in the American League. But he gets a chance, and yeah, he can still play. It's oh, a man. smart signing to have depth guys like that, oh, that yeah. you can pull up when you need them. He plays such a good role. I mean, watching him go after
1: Chara when they beat Boston in two weeks—they beat Boston <laughs> two times in two weeks or whatever—and watching him put, you know, take take down Chara was like put the biggest smile on everybody's face. I mean, and then he posted or he, I saw a retweet. It's like this Has to be photoshopped, right? It's him and next
0: to mean, he looked like a trash (laughs) can next to a dump truck in that (laughs) thing. Unbelievable,
1: (laughs) but you know, but he plays a great role for what they're trying to do. And uh, like I said, I haven't even really talked to many of those guys. I mean, Zach, I I wrote back and forth with a few times. Obviously, I'll see Seth here this weekend. I talked to Cam quite a bit who just came back, which is really good. But I mean, it's been really, really, really surprised. Yeah, I watched him. You know, when they, they beat the Kings and they beat uh, Anaheim and then yep. went on to beat yep. Vegas the they next next day or whatever. And I was at the Anaheim game, and, I mean, it was impressive. And the and the thing is, it's the confidence is what's impressive. Yeah. And just the confidence to believe, like, if it's a one-goal game and it's going into the third and they're behind, they feel like we've got this. Right. You know, we'll put a puck in the net and we can go on to win it. And it's really surprising.
0: It's like locking out a race when you have to hit your marks for the yes. last ten laps. It's the same way, right? It's really cool. Not that I ever won any of the go kart races. I did. I was languishing in the back of the field. <laughs> like, That's all right.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's. I hope they can keep it up. I, you know, it's the All Star Break is obviously a great thing, but it's also one of those things that, like, I get a little nervous about as a fan just because the momentum was so strong and yeah. where does it go from here? But St. Louis had the same thing last year. I just know when we entered, went into Christmas, or beginning in December, I mean, the Jackets were pretty much last in the division. And, um, you know, we're 12 or 14 points out of it. And here they are. Now they're 12 points ahead of New York, you know, the Rangers. And it's like, and they're in the first place in the wild card. But still, it's like shock. I mean, it's really it's unbelievable full, it's turnaround. Full team
0: buy-in, too. Like, John Tortorella, the way he gets his team yeah. to play, the guys that perform love the guy yeah. because that's all he demands he demands that you play hard yeah and, and and there's nothing less than that yeah and he'll back the boys up and like i i'm happy i i would have loved to have played for him but i wouldn't have loved his training camps because there's a lot of running and i run like a wounded gorilla yeah but like he gets the most out of his team it's impressive. he does you know
1: and and i know that that was always you know kind of the reputation of him is a pretty hard edge guy right yeah. it's either i love him or hate him and it seemed like the majority kind of hated him sort of thing but the thing that you have to give him credit for is not only has he obviously won the, the Cup before, but the Blue Jackets were not a perennial playoff team. They weren't. I think before him, they had gone once or twice maybe. And I think under him, they've gone every single year. And, you know, obviously they'd like to get past first round, which they did last year, got to the second. They'd like to get by the second. Um, you know, but they've at least now they're in a place where they're a contender. They people... This year, I think everybody's overlooked him a little with all the changes, but people can't for long, right? No, I mean, you have to notice how good they are yeah. right now. So I think it's a, he's transformed who the Columbus Blue Jackets are in general as an organization.
0: The identity, for sure. I mean, we're, we're talking Ohio a little bit here, and I think about your career and, and looking at the wins you've had and the success you've had, I have to think the one you had at Mid-Ohio must rank really high on that list.
1: Mid-Ohio you know? is my best, um, you know, because obviously being from Columbus, Mid-Ohio is an hour down the road or 45 minutes from, from Columbus. You know, I, I, I may never, I I hope that I win that race again, um, but I may never experience joy like that in my career again, even when in the Indy 500 might be borderline. And, and why is that is because when I, you know, there is so much Ray Hall loyalty at that, event and it all stemmed with my dad obviously uh but it that is such a special weekend for myself for my family you know my entire family was there um uh, like literally everybody my sister the only person who wasn't there was my wife uh because she was racing that weekend but yeah. that weekend was just unbelievable and it came at a time where we needed it in the championship too to go down to, to try to win the championship which we fell short on but um just a really you know special one for me
0: it's amazing to think for me to watch and to see it too because i can tell as a fan when people are truly excited about winning a race oh and yeah that emotion comes through and knowing your family history and it oh, reminded yeah. me of the one start that i ever had in st louis playing against my hometown team and the emotional factor associated with it oh for i sure. walk into the building and All of a sudden, there's this wave thinking about my grandpa who passed on previous but was an official scorer and helped start hockey here. And people don't understand, I think, sometimes the emotional factor that really plays into
1: things. No, it was hard, you know, not to get choked up in that deal um, because, you know, it meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to my family. That track, in big part, is what made me fall in love with IndyCar Racing. And, And so, you know, to get the opportunity to go back there. And, you know, to to play, to race there and to perform and to win means a lot. I mean, who was it last year? Maroon, right? Right. Winning from his here. Hometown hero. I'm a hometown hero. Yeah. plays <laughs> Comes from here, plays here, wins the cup. I mean, think of, for him, that's life made. That's it. That's life made.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a shame. He's down in Tampa now, right? Yep. I think it's a shame he's not here anymore, but still, that's. You know that moment is life made. And that's that's the way that race was for me. Would I like to win the Indy five hundred? Absolutely. Is the Indy five hundred on the books a bigger race? Absolutely. Yeah. But from an emotional standpoint, Middle Ohio is a hard one to beat. Yeah, it's,
0: it's. That's that's the side of sports that I love so much. Oh, you for can sure. Just, you, you can feel it when you're talking about it, and it's it's hard to really reconcile that for people that haven't been at that level. For you sure, know? And, and I
1: people I, don't really grasp. it. Unless you, yeah. unless you live it. But we all accept that. I mean, as athletes in different forms of sport, we all accept it. That's what I think is great about being here at the All Star Game. I was talking about this the other day. You know, hockey, conceptually, people can watch it and say it's such a simple thing, right? You skate, you shoot, you whatever. But it's not at all. And you and I know that. To, to go out and to skate is hard enough. To go out and try to skate and shoot is hard enough. To try to, in your case, you know, stop the pucks is impossible. I would never be able to do that. <laughs> you know, to get hit by guys all the time to you know, all of that. The mental aspect is so difficult and racing is the exact same conceptually. It's so simple, but it's not, but in people's minds, you know, those watching on TV, a lot of them don't grasp it. That's why I'm excited for the skills challenge because to see the speed, to see the, how hard they can hit the puck, all of these sorts of things is a really cool deal that, you know, you don't get, you only get that opportunity to see that once a year, right? Yeah. These guys put it on display every night, but it's a little different when you're, you know, skating around with 10 or 12 other guys than it is on your own showcasing how fast you really are. And it's pretty spectacular.
0: Do you think it kind of equates to nailing a, purple, a perfect lap in qualifying?
1: There's no doubt. Ten- tonight, you know, and uh, I think, you know, in the skills competition is is like their Indy 500 qualifying. It's Because yeah. it, at Indy 500 qualifying, we talk about a team, we talk about this, but you're the only person out there. It is, the eyes are on you. And if you mess up, the eyes are on you. And tonight's kind of that consequences for them too, you, you know. know like,
0: and that's well, racing. It's still it, you have to explain that to people. Like, this is still a dangerous sport. Oh, there's consequences it. with this stuff. And then the accepted risk and everything. I understand, but uh, I'm in awe of what you guys do in such close quarters. Especially, oh, yeah. you know, it's not just the the street and the road, but like oval racing. How mental of a game it is, oh, setting so yeah. things up way in advance.
1: Like, well, and you, you know, you're in Vegas, right? And we know that last time. We raced in Vegas. It was a bad, bad day, you know, losing Dan. And, you know, that kind of keeps it into perspective of, you know, what we do yeah. and how close it is all the time. You know, it, it, we hate to say it and I hate to think about it this way. But in many ways, it is a life or death sort of thing. We just hope that we prepare for it. And, you know, in, in my case, I hope that I have if something happens to me that my wife is prepared, that I don't have to worry about all of that. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, an intense deal. Stuff's real. It 80%. is. 100%. Big time. Well,
0: well, going into this season, I'm sure you've got high hopes. It looks like everything's come together well. Sponsorship packages. I feel like I see you guys announcing a new one every week. Yeah. Are you guys excited for the year coming up? I'm you got a- some stability, too. Takuma, Takuma's back yeah, with you, right? Yeah, I'm
1: really excited. I think that we're in a great place. Uh, Factory Motor parks come on board. They're going to sponsor us here at St. Louis, which is great. Uh, United Rentals is a is our our backbone and has been for quite a while. But we're in a really good place. I think our team has done an excellent job. Obviously, I'm here with Honda. But, you know, even you have Bridgestone involved in this sport, Firestone, in our case, but same company. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, you know, I think the sport is starting to turn. I hope it takes the same similar path to what we were talking about this last night. NHL did, you know, after the lockout, the steady growth into where NHL is today. You know, I hope and I, I do envision that that's where IndyCar can go. I hope it does. And I hope we're part of that. I mean... For sure, we've opened the eyes to a lot of new sponsors and new companies who haven't been exposed to IndyCar before that are now new venues here in St. Louis. Great venue for us to come race at. Hell of a crowd every year we've been here. And last year, while I wasn't a part of it, was a thrilling finish. Only I think Takuma, my teammate, won by a tenth of a second or less.
0: Carpenter coming strong. A couple strong, hundreds, you know. Yeah.
1: So, you know that was a that was a really exciting finish for the fans. Um, we got a lot of good stuff right now a lot of changes i mean roger penske buying the series buying the track all at, at indianapolis that changes a lot but i think we're headed down the right path for sure
0: project this out a little bit i hope you got plenty more years and plenty more wins and hopefully a 500 or a couple in there do you see yourself staying in racing when you're done with your putting your hanging up your driver's helmet because i know you've got a myriad of, of other interests outside of racing too with some businesses
1: i do uh racing is you know it's interesting actually it's funny you ask because You know, recently my dad actually uh, asked me that. He said, you know, what do you think you're going to do? you want to take over this team or not? It was the first time he'd ever posed that question to me. And my knee-jerk reaction was no. Because there's a lot of stress in that. You don't want to be in racing as a business. You just don't. You want to be racing like my dad does because it's a passion. You know, we have the car dealerships are the backbone of his financial support. Mike Lanigan, our other boss has his industrial empire. And obviously David Letterman does what Dave
0: does. He's done a few things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So (laughs) you want to be in in racing in the capacity that they're in racing, which is that it's something they're passionate about and they do it because they want to win. You don't want to be in racing because you have to make a living as a team owner. It's not going to happen. You know, in my opinion, those those days and that ship has sailed. Um, So, you know, with that, I would say, Do I want to do it? I probably do because it's it is a big part of my family and it's it's a huge part of what we do. Um, But I also think it's a tough business, and sometimes I don't know. You know, sometimes I don't know if it's if I want to live with that. Like, dude, you should see the stress my dad lives with each and every day. I mean, mean, hair to pull out. I'm I'm not. I'm (laughs) not kidding you. It's the stress level is out of this world. And do you want to be that? Don't know.
0: A lot of that's because it's people depending on you too, right? It's not just yourself. You've got a whole business and people that depend on you. For right? sure.
1: Um, everybody in our position, what, well, between IndyCar and sports car, we probably have close to 180 people that work there, plus their spouses, plus their kids. You're responsible for all of that. It's tough. You know, it's, a, it is a lot of pressure to be under each and every day and, um, you know, but again, you know, we our family, you know, this this sport has been a huge part of of us, indie car racing and sports car racing, and I don't see that changing. I just don't. You know, I think that no matter where we go or what we do, we'll be involved in this somehow.
0: Let's put a ball on this thing. You're going to see the All-Star Skills Competition tonight. Which one excites you more? Hardest shot or fastest lap?
1: I would say uh I would say hardest shot. Um Fastest laps and press it. I mean, the speed at which these boys go is unfreaking real. I do mean, you, look, dude, I assume? tried to skate at Christmas, <laughs> yeah. and I'm so bad. Like, I tried, I tried my best, and I mean, I am pathetic on skates. And I just sit there and I'm like, I just don't understand it. Like, I don't, I don't understand how these guys do it. But, but, but also, but I can kind of get that forward momentum going. Can't stop, but I can kind of get yeah. going. But hitting a puck. So a good friend of mine. My first ever trainer. This is a Vegas Golden Knights connection. My first ever trainer is a guy named Anthony Donskov. So his brother Misha is out Misha's there. Or, yeah. Yeah. So I grew up with Ant. So Ant was my first trainer. He got me going and got me in shape. So Misha and all of those guys, their dad was a at a out of rink or managed a rink in Columbus, Ohio. So when I was a kid, we used to go all the time. And um, I can't like trying to hit a puck was absolutely impossible. I, like, couldn't do it. I'm serious. And so I have so much respect for people that, you know, guys that can skate like that. But 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 the puck hitting, to me, is just
0: fascinating.
1: And I'm sure you're not a fan of that because you've probably been hit with some good ones Oh, so, well,
0: yeah, your buddy Colton. I mean, like, Barrico can shoot as hard as anybody, Sam, right? So,
1: yeah, and that's what I thought. But every time you talk to Colt, he said, he, I was just looking over here. as a photo of him. But he's, like, so modest about Oh, he's
0: the most mild-mannered yeah, guy on like, earth. For the world's <laughs> biggest guy. I know. Do you ever see him, though, go into the turn as they're doing hardest skater, fastest skater, and you go, well, I think he looked a little loose in three. Yeah, no,
1: for sure. Like I, That's what I was thinking is I feel like fastest lap is a good – You or a little understeer in three there. There's a need, good you know? chance to eat it, you know, <laughs> pretty hard.
0: He's got to work on his shock program for next yeah. year coming in. but.
1: No, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm really excited. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Well, listen. This has been awesome. I, I hope that you're coming. here is a ton of fun. Races yeah. No. I will be good season. It and, will be and a safe season as always. So no, I appreciate it. It's always like as a fan for me. I, I watch every race and I think you guys are yeah, you know, so impressive in what you do. So thanks for joining me yeah, for a while today. Of course,
1: I appreciate it. Man.
0: Thanks for listening to Six Degrees with Mike McKenna. Please make sure that you like comment, leave a rating, subscribe, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere that you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.